0: this is the narrative shift podcast where we talk about faith justice race and everything in between hey i'm terrence lester and i'm johnny taylor and uh thanks for tuning in
1: you are listening to episode 26 of narrative shift i'm here with terrence what's up terrence What's up john this is twenty six this is episode twenty six man cannot be twenty six <laughs> yes bro been doing this for over a year and a half now a year and a half yeah no yes, bro last august it's pretty crazy yeah,
0: that's been a long time man um and we're still doing it twenty six episodes yep yeah i'm I'm really excited about that um But we are still wearing masks. We are, yep. Yeah, we're actually in a a coffee shop to our listeners, a local coffee shop near the organization. And um, we have on masks. and it's required to wear a mask in
1: here. It is, yep. Yeah. So if the audio sounds a little muffled or you hear background noise, that is the reason why. But Terrence, man, I wanted to ask you uh, some questions today. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna put me in the hot seat. Yeah, man, in the hot seat. Okay. You had no. I didn't prep you at all. That's uh, fine. What we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so this is gonna be a surprise. Okay. But uh, I wanted to ask you, like, is it easy to start a nonprofit or to start anything really? Man, um,
0: I I would say yes and no. Yeah. Um And the reason being is because. Uh, of this phrase that my, my friend, you know, oftentimes says in a joking way, he says that the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll repeat that. Uh, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. And I think what he's trying to communicate is that, man, everybody has an idea. I mean, you could sit on your couch and come up with 10 things that you could literally do. I mean, dreaming is free. Imagining things is free. Uh, coming up with, uh, cool things that you want to see exist in the world. All of that is free. I think what, uh, is hard about it is the execution part and the resiliency that you have to have through the peaks and valleys of, uh, starting and maintaining anything. Um, when I initially started uh, Love Beyond Walls, man, um, it, it came uh, in the midst of being fired um, and not having a budget, and literally having to figure out um, if this dream, which is free, was something worthy of my pursuit. Um, because traditionally, uh, the, the dream and in the incubation stage. Needs to be like really nurtured and cared for, and only shared with a community of people who can speak into it instead of like uh, you know committing premature uh, (laughs) murder to the dream, so to speak, man. And I I had to be very careful uh, on the onset, Um, just being in a fragile state uh, because I experienced the loss to surround myself with uh, people who saw the possibilities. Um, But the real work came in having to figure out if this was the step that I wanted to take because uh, the step itself uh, didn't come with a, you know, a full plan or seeing how things would work out. Man, heck, I had a mentor that actually loaned me uh, $900 to even get it incorporated and all those things. Uh, We didn't have a building. Um, The name of the organization wasn't known. I mean, it started, like, really small. And and we're relatively still small. But still, man, like, uh, the execution part is pretty hard. And what I mean by that is, okay, once you start something because you have this dream or you have, um, uh, you know, this idea you got to maintain your passion (laughs) for it. You know, what if you start out and, you know, you experience a bunch of rejection or you start out. I can remember times, man, when we had volunteering events and we had all these people signed up uh, via Texas because this was before, like, technology exploded, and nobody would show up. (laughs) You know, I remember times when, you know, depending upon uh, people to come and help out and I, I didn't have that and I would have to work you know 14, 15 hour days um, still do sometimes and, and it's like how do you maintain your your commitment to your original vision and your original idea uh, is probably the greatest challenge that people will face in, in trying to start something mm-hmm. like will you still have the same passion uh, that you do on day four uh, 1,000 that you did when it was like day one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like what you're saying, like, it's easy to have that passion yeah, or it's easy to see that destination where you want to be at. Like, Oh yeah. You know, it's easy to say, Oh, I want to help people or I want to start this business and be this successful or have like this amount of fame. And, um, yeah, you know, like it's easy to do all that. But when it comes down to it, like, the grind is what will get you. And, um, Oh bro. Yeah, man. Um, and one of the, one of the
0: things too early on I did and, it's, uh, the, sometimes our organization is recognized and I, I get a chance to win awards. Those were never even on my like dream list. Um, early on, I knew that I would have to create a different metrics for success than what is traditionally uh, viewed as successful, because it's not the what society measures as success that keeps you driven and passionate. It's the small things uh, that you that make it really personal uh, towards your commitment towards your original idea or your your mission or whatever. And so, I still have this on my laptop, man. It was like if I can. I mean, small things like if I could meet one person, if I could forge one relationship with somebody and get learn their name, if I could listen to someone's story, if I could share a story in a way that is both uh, empathy building and educational to the general public. I had all these like I I still have all these like very uh, untraditional countercultural metrics for success. And the reason why I keep that near me is because it keeps you grounded and it keeps you humble. And it also helps you to weather um, the dry moments uh, in any endeavor. Like, there are moments when I'm challenged and I'm like, man, do I have what it takes uh, to continue doing this? I mean, the ups and the downs. And then I go back to that list and I'll remember why I started. And I think... um, that keeps me focused uh, and has kept me focused uh, throughout the various seasons of uh, this journey of this endeavor that i'm I'm embarking on so i I would definitely encourage people man to have a different set of uh, metrics of how you define success and I'm not saying that you can't celebrate good things that happen um, but don't allow them to be the cornerstone of why you are doing what you're doing. Um, because, man, that stuff is fleeting. Uh, it's here today. It's gone tomorrow. And it has no eternal value, man. At the end of the day, I want to live uh, my life being pleasing to God uh, and being a good steward over that he, which
1: he's uh, calling me to. Yeah, I think that's some great advice to anyone who is looking to start something or anyone who's in the midst of the work right now. Um, over over the years, I've, you know, I've worked in non-profit industry for probably seven years now myself. And over the years, I've done, you know, like consulting and met with lots of people who want to start a nonprofit. profit And what I've come to see is there are a bunch of people who think that this is going to be easy, that helping people <laughs> or is going to be, you know, like all uh, sunshine and butterflies, so to speak. Right. And, uh, why do you think that is? Why do you think people think that way? Yeah, man. I I think, well, one, I
0: think when we think about helping people, we're not necessarily thinking about helping people. We're thinking about feeling good for the moment, right? And everybody wants to feel good and be recognized for doing something admirable uh, in the moment. But Uh, I think this idea of helping people is much more complex than uh, people allow their minds to explore, right? Uh, Helping people means like you're building a relationship with somebody who may relapse or you're building a relationship with someone who may be displaced and you don't even get a chance to see them anymore or having to show up, um, you know, and literally give words of comfort and affirmation after someone's son experiencing homelessness has passed away from COVID. I mean, all of those things take away from your soul, and it depletes you. Um, the days where you have to show up, and what if you're not feeling so so well, right? What if you're going through your own personal challenges, and you need somebody to help you? It, I mean, it's, it's much more complex than uh, people will allow their minds to explore, and then you have this other uh, deal where um, people somehow think that there are no, uh, that helping people isn't like shaped by, um, business, um, that yes, uh, it's, it's cool. You know, I'm leading an organization, so I'm speaking in terms from an organizational standpoint. So like, you know, it's really cool to, to go out and, you know, pass out a couple of things as, you know, an adventurous thing to do to make yourself feel good. But when you think about, um, you know, doing that and building systems and building, like, events and trying to develop programs that sustain themselves. When you think about funding, when you think about all of these uh, things that, um, like, literally become roadblocks at any given point, it's much more difficult uh, than people would allow their minds to explore as well. And then lastly, I I would just say, you know, man, it's... um, You know, it's a it's a real self-sacrificing role to constantly uh, sacrifice and live with like just generosity every day of your life. I mean, think about the way that society is structured. It's it's all centered around me, myself and I. It's all centered around self uh, gratification. But uh, when you live a life of sacrifice and putting others first, I mean, it, it, it takes from you. What do you, what do you think, man?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that a lot of people, you know, look at this kind of work and they see uh like on social media like these big events uh and they see people you know doing good things and think think it's going to be easy and it's just going to be, you know, uh simple, like there's nothing more to it and they don't see these complexities of you know these these hard relationships you have to build and planning planning and even you know if you were to grow bigger, like managing staff and yeah uh dealing with that and uh the loss of relationships the the loss of funding oh, I mean man. there are so many things that can be roadblocks, yeah in this, that people like just don't even think of because of the type of work it is yeah man I just bro you talked about loss of funding so like and
0: i'll just be transparent so like earlier this year there was some uh you know uh, racial injustice that happened everybody knows about it um built a lot of tension uh society is still tense around uh racial division I literally uh, said a few things to speak up about uh, what it means to be black African American in this country Uh, we lost some funders uh, that were givers because you know I I chose to speak up and um, you know that was hard and it was painful uh, because it's something that needs to be addressed in our, our, our context but uh, when people get upset and and mad uh, because you know we speak up about uh, you know seeing people or making sure that everybody is valued and their dignity is affirmed because we believe that you know all of God's creation is good, uh, then something's wrong with that. Uh, I mean, nobody would you know how how do you respond to that? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know how do you how do you get up and keep going when, you know, you speak up for something that is considered evil in our world, um, and continue to show up for people? Yeah, yeah, it's and a that, challenge.
1: Yeah, that brings up another good point. Like when you go into nonprofit or really any when you start anything, you, like you have to have stances on stuff. You have to yes, um, be clear on things and. Uh, not everyone is going to agree with everything you say, but right. I feel like a lot of people in the nonprofit world almost feel like they have to kind of be people pleasers. Yeah, like make everybody happy. Yeah, but I know that is like such a quick road to burnout and um, to what, people pleasing. Yeah, people pleasing. Like you'll you'll get burned out and you will never grow. Yeah, uh, but like what? How do you how do you deal with the critics though? Oh, man, the 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 critics. Uh, Well,
0: firstly, you know, I'm I'm already an introspective person. Um, You know, I'm not a leader that will not apologize when I've done wrong or I'm not a leader that uh, can't see areas that I need to improve. And so, like, I'm always uh, looking at critical feedback and asking myself is there something uh, that I'm displaying or, you know, exhibiting that may, there may be some truth? And that's hard for most leaders because, you know, sometimes leader, it, leaders don't wanna engage like critical feedback. But after I've figured out that these are like lies, they have no stake um, in my existence, or, um, you know, these are just untruths, Man, I ignore them. Um and I, I normally go through this one question I ask myself is giving into these criticisms or feedback uh from individuals who do not know me, um will it advance the mission that God has given me? And if that answer is no Man, I I I've had to develop tough skin and thick skin and just like take it and, and keep going because at the end of the day, people who criticize themselves most likely aren't doing anything. Um, they are somewhere in a isolated situation or like uh, casually, uh, you know, talking to you from a cell phone or a device or. You know, maybe it's something that they themselves are wrestling with. I remember we got a negative um, comment from a lady who was going through a personal situation uh, because her son was experiencing homelessness. And, uh, you know, she said some negative things. And I, I, I I chose not to, like, block her or anything. I reached out and I was like, hey, what's going on? And she, come to find out, she hadn't been in touch with her son and she was faulting the city for doing certain things to displace her son and all of these things. And that actually allowed me to have more empathy, not only for her as an individual, but for, you know, the mission. Um, You know, it actually inspired me to continue to advocate. So there are times when, you know, I'll completely ignore, but then there are times when I really digest uh, what people are saying and allow it to inspire me to do more of what I'm doing. And I think it's true, man. Like if you are in a lane, whatever that lane is, and you're not getting any type of like, <laughs> you know, opposition, then you're not doing, you know, uh, enough or you're not, maybe you're not, uh, giving all that you could be given because everybody knows that it takes, uh, resistance, to actually get a plane off the ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? It takes the turbulent winds and all of those elements to actually lift a, a plane, something that is heavier than air, off the ground. And so, you know, sometimes opposition speaks to the, the level
1: of growth that uh, and trajectory that's your own. Yeah. And I know that you said that you're naturally like an introspective person. Yeah. But like, has this always been how you've reacted to criticism and maybe negativity. No, no. Like what did that, what did that, uh, like when you first started, like what that look like for you?
0: Well, um, I, you know, I went through this process of, um, yeah, man, it went from like, you know, I'm doing this thing that I'm passionate about to a shift in mentality where it's like, Oh, like, wow. Like I am a leader. Um, Because, you know, I never I never thought I would be considered a leader or like, you know, that was never my pursuit. And so, like, I had this uh, this awakening where it's like, man, I am a leader. I am in this space and God has called me to this space. And I just started like going through like the Bible and like looking at all of these different characters that faced opposition. Uh, one of the the persons that really I learned a lot from was uh, Joseph. Um, you know, criticized by his own brethren, uh, sold into slavery, lied on. You know, uh, you know, he goes through a 13 year period in almost this desolate uh, situation, and he is still. Uh, maintaining his integrity and his character and also his posture towards uh, reverencing um, the Lord, man. And it was like, wow, I want to be someone who does that. And, you know, I w- I, w- I, have to grow in the way that, you know, um, I ground myself when those types of attacks come. I think about the type of like anchors he must have had. And then I look at, you know, um, other leaders, you know, that I really admire and look up to. And uh, sometimes I look at how they're able to carry themselves, you know, under fire or um, in the midst of like tension and things like that. And, uh, you know, it was just always coming back to this reality that I I needed to grow in my capacity. Right. And what I talk about when I talk about capacity as a leader Um, The perfect word picture or uh, picture is, um, you know, you're in a restaurant, uh, the waitress or waiter is giving you a cup. Uh, They fill your cup uh, with water. Right. And you're sitting there and let's just say you never drink uh, the water out of the cup. That does not signal uh, the person responsible for filling your cup to come back over and uh, pour more. Why? Because it's at capacity, right? Uh, When I think about uh, that uh, example in terms of leadership, um, I realized early on that I was at capacity and I needed to grow more to extend my capacity where I could be able to sustain more, right? Um, So let's say if that same cup was much larger, um, you would have more capacity to be able to sustain. And so... I read more. I consumed more content. I had, I developed more relationships with uh, people in business. I asked questions and not just questions of successful people. I asked questions to everyday people around me. There are some older people who've survived life that have, have never accomplished a lot of things, but they have some wisdom if you ask the right questions and, and just being a student of uh, not just experts, but everybody.
1: Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, be a student of everybody, not just experts. I think a lot of people uh, would almost scoff at that and be like, "Well, and I want to, you know, just learn from the experts." But like you said, I think everybody does have something to teach. Yeah, and I mean, but why? Why wouldn't you be a student of everybody?
0: I don't know. I think pride, maybe. Yeah, I think pride, but I also think it, it has to do with how we associate worth. Yeah. Just because you occupy a position in corporate America does not make you more wise than someone uh, who may make less than $20,000 a year. It's just, you know, you could have had nepotism or like somebody give you an opportunity that another person may have not had. And I think oftentimes we associate
1: wisdom with how we perceive people who are worthy. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I think it is. And, like, apart from, you know, having to learn how to have a, a thick skin and, and deal with criticism Yeah. and uh, remaining teachable, uh, what are some other, like, characteristics and traits and skills that you've had to learn and develop in yourself to be able to lead an organization that you would say to other people looking to start something, like, hey, you need to develop these? Like, what are some of those? yeah. Man, um, fundraising
0: is, uh, one of those things that is, is not easy. Um, you know, because when you think about starting a project, it's easy to start. It's harder to sustain. And so early on, I had to develop a strategy, um, uh, that would, you know, empower me, uh, to continue to, to raise funds, to like, you know, pay people that serve with us on staff to like, you know, pay the, the, the lease to the space that we rent to the insurance, to all of these different things, man. And, um, that was overwhelming, uh, mostly for me. Um, one of the reasons is because, I don't consider myself a great fundraiser. Like I've never um, I've never launched a like an official campaign and just like asked directly for a specific amount. Um, Like never on my personal social media pages or anything. I've never done that. Um, The thing that I had to learn is how to cultivate and maintain relationships, um, which is become a linchpin to how I, I fundraise because these same relationships that you not just build a relationship for just for the sake of like raising funds, but these people, um, become your friends and people who journey with you and also help to, to undergird and support you in your endeavors and anyone seeking to just fundraise. I would just say, throw that whole idea out the window, um, because it's really about who you link with, who you connect with, who is your community, who, who are you building relationships with? You know, those are the types of of people that will journey with you uh, for the long haul and not people that just, you know, may give occasionally. And, you know, I just want to shout out to people who, you know, have, have seen uh, value in, 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 uh, not only my leadership, but also like, you know, our projects and, and campaigns that we've done, um, without their support, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to do much of anything. Uh, the other thing that I, I had to, to learn is, um, patience. Um, and that's not necessarily a skill, but it's important because, uh, you know most organizations take about 30 to 40 years to grow i'll never forget i was having a conversation with um uh one of uh close friend he was the first one to ever uh donate to our organization like I remember we got a donation. He gave like $1,000. I was like, $1,000? Wow, like that's amazing. You know, it's, like, right. it's just like our first $1,000 donation. Like, wow, you know. Um, and when he was giving a donation, he says, man, I, I can offer you much more. And I started to think about it. And he was right. He offered a relationship. But over the course of a relationship, he says, man, you know that you are doing, like, hard work, and most organizations don't make it past two years, and most organizations take at least 30 years, 40 years to grow. And then he would send me links to all of these, like, founders who are no longer in the executive director's role, and they founded the organization, they started off, et cetera, and, like you'll read their bios and it's like 40 years. I mean, you've been doing the same thing for 40 years. Like, wow. But he helped me to have that, that 30,000 foot view. Um, that also helped me to understand that there are going to be different seasons that you ebb and flow out of. And it's okay to be patient and give yourself grace. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, it's a long
1: journey. It's not a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like to sum those things up, like you would say um that you have to be able to ask for help. Bro, you gotta make yourself
0: vulnerable. Yeah. Bro, there's nothing we've been able to do had I not uh said help. I can't I can't do this alone. Um there's a book by Hearing Now and called The Spirituality of Fundraising. I highly recommend that. Um But he he gives a different perspective of the journey of fundraising because he's he's placing the fundraising itself on the mission of god and if god has called you to something then god god all by god's self will um send the resources to that no matter how big or how small the resources are if you are faithful to continue to to raise the to ring the bell, so to speak, um,
1: God is uh, faithful to provide for God's work. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I'm, I'm definitely going to put that one on my list to read. But as for the second thing, like you said, be patient. And the yeah. thing that came to my mind was like, you know, planting stuff. Uh, I started a little little garden in the uh, in the backyard during. Oh, quarantine. Yeah. Yep, to you know, kill some time. Yeah, we had a bunch of it. Yeah, and like I remember, like buying these little seeds. Like I started from seeds, and like mm. you know, putting them in a paper towel, like and watering them, like just getting the little root started. Like took like four days mm. just for like the little seed to be ready to plant, not even for the plant to grow. Mm. And then it was like two weeks after that that I like it even sprouted up above ground. Mm. And then, like, come to find out, like, months and months later, like, we're moving from this house. So, like, this garden is not even going to be, like, in my possession anymore. Mm. So, like, but to translate that into, like, what you're talking about, like, it takes a long time to even get that little seed, that little start. Yes. To where you can even start it. Like, you got, you have that incubation period. Yes. Where you have to make sure the idea is even ready to be planted. Yeah. And then you have this long period of growth. Where, you know, you're waiting for that little idea to push up above ground. Yeah. And you got to keep watering it. You got to keep clearing out the weeds around it. Mm. Uh, You got to be patient. And then, like, it might be years before you see regular fruit from this plant, Mm. from this idea. Like, it might be a while before, like, it's, you know, producing stuff that, that you feel proud of. Man. And then, like at the end of the day, you got to remember that this isn't always going to be your garden. You know, you're That's planting right. this for future generations, future yes. leaders to take on and to water themselves yes. and to maintain. But you still got to make sure that there's healthy roots. Yes, that uh, you know the soil is rich and all this. You got to do all this prep work. Mm. And remember, stay humble. Like,
0: and it's it's it's, it it's
1: almost in the dark, bro. I mean, those yeah. are great points. Like
0: you're doing all of this not even knowing who will take of the fruit who will get a chance to benefit from the labor the toil um you know and that's why i i, I you know i say like I always go back to um uh the beginning <clears throat> most people don't like to to go there but i do like i remember um you know yeah it it uh, it it um it produces the fruit of of gratitude within you um to to even be in a place where you can have an idea to think to you know pursue to see people rally around to even see other people get inspired man like i was um i was just uh somebody had texted me last night there's this guy who is um he uh, places trash cans all around the city, and he fills them with hygiene products and uh, uh, for the homeless community, um, um, for people experiencing homelessness. And he, um, man, he's sleeping in a donut shop uh, to ensure that, like, <laughs> you know, all of these uh, people have access to these resources. And you know, he's like in this text, like. You know the types of things that you've inspired is like incredible, um, and I always go back to what you were saying. Like, bro, I, I never knew like just tending to the seed. Sometimes you are the seed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like that proverb that says, uh, "You know, you know." Uh, I think it's a, a Mexican proverb that says, "Like uh, they tried to bury us, but they did not know that we were seeds." such a powerful uh, imagery of like you know being faithful over that which is a seed and not even knowing if God has made you the seed yourself
1: yeah it's powerful it is powerful yeah and like before we wrap up I want to ask one last question yeah Uh, and that's like have you ever wanted to quit and then what kept you going what what stopped you from quitting in that moment yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Uh if you don't if you don't wanna quit um often something's wrong. Um say that again just so
1: people understand.
0: Yeah, bro. If you don't want to quit often then something is wrong. Um if it's too easy, then it's being handed to you. Um yeah, I've thought about quitting, have been on the verge, the edge of quitting. Um, I remember it. It was probably right. Yeah, it was right into the first year, and I'll share this story because you know I view it as a miracle. Um, no budget. Um, we had raised enough to, to satisfy the uh, rent for the entire year in the building. Uh, We're starting to be recognized in terms of like name and our awareness campaigns and stuff like that. But uh, our organization only had $80 in a bank. Uh, We were going into 2015 and I literally did not know how we would continue, where the money would come from to be able to like stay in this this building that we're renting. Uh, We had signed another lease and like, I'm, I'm just like to the max, um, you know, discouraged, um, almost to the point where it's like, you know, I was, I was telling my uh, wife at the point, like, I, yeah, I want to quit, man. I want to, I want to, uh, give up and I don't want to uh, continue doing this because, you know, it's just too hard. It's too hard. And I'll never forget around that time, we were donated this bus. Um, it was a church bus. And we were sitting around the table uh, over some friend's house. And, and I was trying to figure out what could I do to like rally people around it. And I had come up with this idea to turn it into like this uh, uh, barbershop and clothing closet, et cetera. Uh, it's no longer running now. But initially when I launched it, I was trying to figure out how could I raise awareness and bring attention to it. We only had $80 in the bank. And so my wife, uh, who is always the one that tells me to do campaigns, most people think they're my ideas. I mean, I may have some general concept, but she's the one that pushes me uh, forward. She said, man, you should live on top of it. And I was like, live on top of it. She's like, yeah. Um, And we were over a friend's house at that time who could help build this stuff and he uh my other one of my friends said yeah i can help build this like uh thing you could live in a tent, and and we determined how many days and so it was an uh, entire month i was going to live on top of this bus in the tent, middle of the winter for an entire month so i started this journey and three days into it um there's a fake social media page created about me um uh, this person was taking like my family's photos and all these photos and posting them. I remember being on top of the bus crying um, and just trying to like I was just so upset. Like they were calling me a cult leader and all of this, uh, saying all these horrible things, making death threats, you know. Um, and I, I was on the phone with uh, one of my mentors and he was like, if God did not call you to do this, you need to come down. And just go home And I remember sitting with those words And I was like But God did Um, Days later The page was taken down Um, The campaign actually made the news And I think we raised Close to uh, A little over $50,000 Which gave our organization A a chance to not only transform the bus But to continue to go For it And that became the catalyst uh, To us like Continuing For it and the reason I say that is because every campaign has been that way. Uh, where there has been great um, ambiguity. But uh, what I found, it, found out is, even in the midst of ambiguity and uncertainty, God provides opportunity. Um, and it's about being grounded enough and being uh, resilient. And like my, my buddy used to say, You know uh, just keep swimming or keep not quitting right Uh, that you're able to see some of the opportunities even in the midst of um, you know the challenges and so yeah man I've wanted to several times and um, you know still wrestle sometimes even today and I'm just being honest and if you're a leader and you say you never have uh, those desires
1: or like thoughts then uh, you're not telling the truth. Yeah. So, like, what's kept you going is, like, the mission itself and and just knowing that. People's stories, man. Yeah, Uh, stories and knowing that, like, God will carry you through. Yeah, man, people's stories, bro.
0: People's stories,
1: man. Reading reading
0: articles, um, constantly uh, asking myself questions like, um, you know, What is what is my personal mission for living? Like my personal mission state right now uh, is to create a world where no one is invisible. Why? (laughs) You know, because we live in a world that is highly apathetic, uh, lacks empathy. Um, There's a lot of division. So like I I have to ask myself, like, what is what will be my contribution? And right now that contribution is serving in this role uh, in, in leading Uh, the organization to continue to affirm the dignity and help people realize that um, you know, being a neighbor doesn't just uh, stop at a zip code, an area code or an address Uh, being a neighbor is much more about proximity and uh, who you're in community with, Uh, being a neighbor is about the whole community and I'm very passionate about that uh, because I I know what it uh, feels like to be uh, uh, unseen and unheard and all of those things, man. And I, I just want to do whatever I can in my small way uh, to to ensure that uh, other people are seen, are heard, you know, are made visible. And it it all it all goes back to people's stories, man. That's cool. good. That's inspiring. Oh man, That's inspiring. I appreciate you asking me that, man. It's in, inspiring that you would uh, think that I had something to offer, man. Uh, man, it, made, it just this entire podcast has made me reflect about, you know, even my commitments and my, I'm, you know, when I, we get off this podcast, I'm recommitting myself because, yeah. I mean, thinking about it is just like, man, you know, don't give up, man. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. You know, it reminds me of that uh, persistent widow yeah you know in the bible man she just kept showing up
1: yep and it's a good time of the year to reflect we're closing up with 2020 um what a year it's been yeah what an easy year it would have been to quit to, <laughs> to stop um oh, man. i think no matter where you are you can probably relate to that yeah but if you've listened this far we just want to thank you for listening uh we hope this inspired you. We hope it gave you insight. We hope it uh helped you fuel your passion uh, to, to build something or to keep going yeah and again we we are in a coffee shop, so we apologize for any any odd noises or anything like that um, yeah, man do you wanna go ahead and uh wanna go ahead and share your social media links yeah man um
0: well thank you for leading such a a great podcast today man you know regardless of the noises or whatever I think this is one of uh, one of the most inspiring uh, to me personally Um, yeah because we are in a year where it's easy to tap out Yep. and um, man just reflect on commitment but yeah if you want to uh, follow the organization is at love beyond walls Uh, that's Facebook Instagram and Twitter and if you care to follow me, uh, my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are I'm Terrence Lesser. That's I'm T E R E N C E L And also, um, I have to shout out University Press. Uh, we have a new book uh, coming out, and um, you know, when you purchase the book, you know, uh, per- percentages of the uh, book sales actually go back to helping the organization sustain, and so. Uh, the new book is called when we stand the power of seeking justice together and i actually got a chance to uh have father gregory bull uh to pin the foreword uh which is another story for another podcast uh you know about seven years ago visiting his organization that he started uh, was actually the inspiration to uh take the step of faith and and start mine and um you know years later to have a book coming out uh with his endorsement uh is is pretty full circle so that is awesome yeah And that book comes out spring of 2021 correct yeah man uh spring of 2021
1: i think it's slated for may 18th so okay I'm wow really, exi- really excited about that that's awesome yeah and you can find me on instagram twitter and facebook at johnny taylor 95 that's j-o-h 95 nine five nine five yeah nine five. are you gonna always keep the nine five probably is that that's I, your i don't think i'm <laughs> gonna ever be born in a different year <laughs> right so. right okay okay uh, this is the year you were born all right yeah, yeah man all right well a uh, great podcast man yep thank all you all right. for listening we'll see you next time <laughs>